It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the pre-Munster edition. This week we're going to hear from Kieran Kane and John Muldoon, who are at the press conference today. We're also going to talk about the upcoming game and also Simon Zebo and his decision to leave Munster. We'll talk about the Eagles match that happened at the weekend. and We'll talk a little bit about Danica O'Callaghan's retirement. On the line I've got William Davis. You were at the um, press conference today, William. How did it go? That was a very interesting press conference with the heavy hitters out today, uh, the head coach and the, the captain. Not unsurprisingly, with a, an interprovincial game coming up on Friday evening. And uh, let's hear them now. Uh, Kieran, the uh, last round, the record against Munster at the moment is played 6 1 3, lost 3, which is very good statistics for Connacht. So. What are we expecting on Friday night from the first home interprovincial of the season? Oh, I think you'll see a lot of excitement about the fixture. Um, it's become pretty clear to me that these um, derbies, local derbies, are really important to the guys. So boys are putting their hands up, they all want to play. Uh, so that brings a lot of excitement around that. I'm, I'm excited by the occasion as much as they are. So. Yeah. Is there a particular pressure that six out of the 21 games in the season are these type of games? It's nearly a third of the season made up of derby games. I think it's a, it's a great thing, personally, because everybody's trying to get a, you know, a green shirt or, a, or aspiring to do that sort of thing. Uh, and this is the forum they can shine in. So it brings out the best in everybody, as far as I'm concerned. Something that I've noted with the selections, you're talking about rotation, you're, you're moving players in and out, and that's something a bit new, I think, at Connacht. A lot of times players were just picked and picked and picked until they maybe fell over. Um, has that been a bit of a surprise to the players, that they could pl- play a game one week, play quite well, and you say, right, I'm taking you out now and I'm bringing somebody else in? Yeah, I think it is new to them. Um, I think you're, you're correct. In that evaluation, I think it's the rationale behind it. I've talked with the players over it, so it's pretty open and transparent uh, for them. We don't want to have to rely on a single team. We, that brings a whole lot of other difficulties, if you like, um, and other pressures too. Keeping a good, healthy squad, keeping pressure on one another, making everything competitive. That provides a much more enjoyable uh, atmosphere inside the club and it, it allows people to aspire to be the best they can be, which is something that I'm pretty keen for them to do. How tough was the Eagles' performance on Sunday. If you're if you're looking for everybody to step up and say I want to be selected, oh, that was that was a little bit of an embarrassment. Um, from my part, I've sat down with the backs in a forum and had a big big review and a discussion about that, and then a separate discussion with the forwards. Um, so yeah, I I felt it was a bit of an uh, impediment to what what was going on. Um, and most of my reflection was about the preparation of the individual for that fixture and and what he went through and what he didn't do. So it was uh, 
it was an embarrassment. And looking at Munster specifically, have you are you concentrated mostly on Connacht, or are you have you been watching Munster? Have you seen anything there that you think you'll be able to close in on and maybe attack? <laughs> I knew you'd say that, <laughs> but I thought I'd ask anyway. Okay, William, I've I've, uh, I've stopped that. You 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 asked KK a question, but we couldn't quite hear what he said. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get some information out of him uh, about uh, what he was expecting from Munster. And quite correctly, he very politely said, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay. uh, I was just chancing my arm and um, he batted it away uh, beautifully. Uh, I wouldn't have expected him. I was, I was just, it was a little jestful ending my, um, my little conversation with him. Very interesting. Uh, he covered quite a lot of ground in that. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit further. But uh, let's hear what John Muldoon said now. John, you've done an awful lot of these games, uh, but they still have this resonance for everybody, for the fans, I suppose the players, it's the same way. These six games, particularly the three games at home, do you prepare any differently for them? No, I think you've you got to obviously prepare as well as you normally prepare, but I think there's that just added edge in, in the background. Um, it's because we know each other so well. Um, a lot of players are quite friendly. You've played with each other, you've played against each other for a long, long time, so... Um, there's that familiarity with each other and as I said yesterday to somebody there's that parochial feel as well because we've all come through the GA and um, when you're playing your near, near neighbours it always feels that little bit extra special as well so look I think obviously the question asked the second one to KK we've got to look after ourselves as well and um, we've got to improve on our performances and while some of the results haven't um, been the way we'd like them to be we just got to concentrate on ourselves more so and Obviously, we're going to do our due diligence and look at Munster as well, but if, if we put out a good performance, we'll be there, thereabouts. And John, just looking back at last season, when you lost to Munster twice in that game at Tone Park at the end, you know, they put 50 points on you. Is that something that's going to be on your mind kind of going into this game? Yeah, I think it was after the long season and it was obviously very disappointing to, to lose to them and, and in that manner as well. But, yeah, look, I think we put up a, a good performance here um, it still bugs me what happened um, here at home. Um, you have a blatant penalty try on one side, referee doesn't see it, and they kick the ball 80 metres down the park, 90 actually metres down the park, and then they get a try, which is truck and trailer. So let's not give out about referees, but um, <laughs> like in a cold, wet night in the middle of December, um, you don't get a call one side and a call goes against the other side that's game over because generally in those conditions one try wins the game for you so it was frustrating um, and the fact that we looked at it yesterday makes it even more frustrating um, so, uh, <laughs> just rehash all memories but um, yeah look it's those games traditionally we all know they're tight games there's not much um, much in them and even a few seasons back um, I think we we give them a 14-point lead or a 16-point lead or something like that, and then we came back um, to score three tries in, I think, 12 or 14 minutes to go in, winning at half-time. So even uh, even at that, when we're both scoring freely, there's still only a score or two between us traditionally. So, yeah, it promises to be a tight game, and um, they're on the back of two good performances as well. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll be coming up here with a lot of confidence. Okay, um, John 
seems a bit fired up about the match at the weekend and I think most Connacht players will be um, it's it's a big game. I see they're they're extending the terraces because of the demand for tickets. Because I believe the weather is going to be good for once, um, so it should be a huge crowd as well. Yeah, yes, I think you'll get a big crowd up there if it was a monsoon. These 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 interprovincial games really attract attention from from people who mightn't pay a hundred percent attention to mm. Connacht, but they know these games are coming. Um, I made the point today that there's. Six out of the twenty-one games in this new Pro Fourteen setup are inter-pro derby matches. I think they matter more in Ireland than anywhere else. Uh, there are certain games in Wales that um, resonate, and the situation in Scotland. I think the Scottish Rugby Union have done a very good job of turning the Glasgow and Edinburgh games into something. Yeah, but the Irish, the Irish interprovincials. I mean, I was brought up on interprovincial rugby. That's that's what you saw. Connacht back in them there days when it wasn't quite black and white, but it wasn't far off. They played three games a season that really mattered, and there was a few friendlies thrown in there, and they increased. But if you go back to nineteen seventy three, seventy four, seventy five, that's what they played, and they were huge games. Um, Used to get decent crowds at club games as well uh, in those days, but the interpro was the big thing, and that has continued into the professional era. Um, and it's they're, they're they're just they're just massive games. They attract people's attention. The fact that they take place every season, so there's a history to them, and uh, people have good memories of them and bad memories of them, and they remember when they feel they were robbed or they remember when they feel they handed out a thrashing or whatever it is but they just galvanize people we've already had one this season but that was away in belfast that was a big night in belfast for ulster that ground was bouncing it was but it's the opportunity now on friday night i love the sports ground on a friday night i think it's the best atmosphere up there i think people are coming from work they're ready to have a little bit of a party, have a few few beverages, and it's it's a big night, and it's great to hear that so far it isn't going to be raining, the wind's not going to be howling, and we should get a good game. We certainly should, and Connick will be looking to improve their record against the the other Irish sides, which is pretty abysmal, I think, since since the professional era has started against Irish sides they've won just 18% of those games which is a total of 16 since 2001 so yeah let's let's not dwell on that let's hope that record improves at the weekend um and talking about you know improving things Simon Zebo looks as though he's trying to improve his life by moving to Paris yeah it's 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 look it's a decision that's been around for a while i think um it's certainly been a topic of conversation. Uh, he knows that it's probably ended his Ireland career. Um, the IRFU have made one exception in the past, and that was uh, for Johnny Sexton. That turned into a bit of a soap opera um, between injuries and playing in Paris and not being available. And I don't think they want to go down that road again. So I, I think... They will stick to their decision, which is if you're playing outside of Ireland, you will not be selected for Ireland. 
No, I, don't, I, I can't see them changing. I think Joe Smith has got a similar, like he's, he's from New Zealand and the, the, the law down there is you leave, you don't play for us. And, and it's the only way it's going to survive here um, is that, that, you know, you keep your players, you look after them, you give them a quality of life because they're not hammered. They don't have to play every single week. They don't have to play 40 odd games a season, which should extend their career. So whatever money they wouldn't have made in the short term, they will might be able to make longer term. I think there's more to it than just money for Zebo. I think he's 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 talked about this. I remember him talking about this three or four years ago. Um, you know, he speaks French. His father is from uh Fra- French Martinique, so like he's he he already speaks the language. His kids are at a good age to be going away. You know, they're preschool, so they can go and and learn something new. And I think it's he just wants to go out and experience something new in his life. And I think fair play to him. We wish him well. Um. The timing is a little odd, but I suppose the, these decisions are never, never made. It's never easy to get that right. And no. um, I'm assuming he won't be in the Ireland squads that are named very soon for um, the autumn internationals. No, I can't imagine he will. I'd, I'd, I'd hope not. Because um, if you make a decision like that, then you know, fair play. But there is other players out there um, who are just as talented, in my view. We've got one playing for us. Um, at the weekend, and, and Mr. O'Halloran, who thankfully didn't appear on the injury list today. Um, so, talking about the injury list, do, do you do you want to give us a quick update on on um, how things are? We have a few extra names on there. Yeah, there was a few at the weekend. Um, Dominic Robertson McCoy had to have surgery on his thumb. Uh, it did look like a hand injury when he went off against Worcester, and that's turned out. Um, JP Cooney, an ankle injury in the Eagles game. Uh, we'll be out of action for a number of weeks. So that's two props missing all of a sudden. Andrew Brown still rehabilitating. James Connolly sustained a high ankle injury in the Worcester game. So he's had a scan. Uh, Jake Heenan progressing, but he still looks like December. Uh, Steve Crosby is integrating back into training. Uh, with the ankle injury he sustained against Ulster. Uh, Owen Griffin is uh, being monitored by the medical staff. Stacey Ely injured his shoulder in the in the Eagles game versus Ealing. Um, it's look, it's the usual story, Alan. That there's always going to be some uh, additions. I think at this time of the season, um, Tiernan O'Halloran was taken off as a precaution on Saturday against Worcester. It seemed to be a similar bang that he's had recently on his on his on his hip. Yeah. Um, let's so let's hope that 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 precautionary decision has worked. And that he is available. Uh, he was involved in the rather tasty uh, move that led to Connacht's first try on Saturday, and um, he's he's a vital part of that uh, that that back three. He certainly is, um, and the whole team. Okay, so yeah, it looks as though we'll see Tiernan against Munster at the weekend. Um, well, there's a few other players to come back as well. I mean, uh, John Muldoon looked ready for action today, uh, having done his uh, water boy stint on the Saturday. Um, Finlay Bealham uh, was rested Tom McCartney Alton Delan not involved at all mm. so let's hope Connor can get the strongest possible team um, on the field suggestion seems to be that Munster are going to be picking there from their full squad I don't think Ireland are yet involved uh, in taking players away and I'm assuming that the full Ireland coaching panel will be in that little box in the Clan Terrace, indeed. Amongst all the noise and the mayhem, and the shouting and the roaring uh, on Friday night, and then they'll probably be in somewhere a bit more uh, peaceful when they're watching the uh, 
I'm not sure where that yeah, I think it's an Ulster actually um, yeah because Munster should be at full strength like they've got Dragons next week so um, you know they'd expect to be able to rest some players for that and still get a result okay and looking at looking at the Munster injury list they, they, they have a couple of guys here that you know you'd expect to have played someone like Jack Otote still out with a knee injury um, now Scannell's just gone and just undergone surgery on Monday for a, a thumb injury and he's going to be missed Tyler Blaindell might be back um, they're saying they're continuing to manage him uh, but one person who looks as though he could be back is uh, Jean Klein uh, he could be big for them couldn't he yeah ab- absolutely um, you sort of know the way Munster set up to play there's a lot of stuff going on in the background obviously there was uh, Razi Erasmus leaving this might be his final game yeah. as, as he starts because this issue about whether he's leaving on the 1st of November or the 1st of December or whatever it is I wouldn't be surprised that he'd be gone sooner rather than later um, the guy I'm looking forward to seeing is Conor Murray who I think is very close to being the best scrum half in the world um, certainly on the, had a phenomenal tour for the uh, Lions in the summer and CJ Stander who uh, had a good Lions tour cemented a lot of stuff for Ireland over the last couple of years, those are. This is why these games are important, and it's important that the strongest teams. You want to see the, the sides coming here with their strongest and best teams. Um, I mean, last Saturday Ben Teo was injured, but you don't know whether Worcester would have played him, uh, whether he was fit or not. You you just want the opportunity to see the best. You do, and those are two guys I'm looking forward to. Uh, it's what makes these games special. And um, Munster uh, won't underestimate the job they have to do here. Uh, and I'm sure the Zebo thing will be parked very quickly for them. Uh, he's got a lot of rugby to play for them this season. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, it's just all it, all, it all adds to the mix of what interprovincial rugby should be about. It should be a, should be a fascinating match. And talking about fascinating matches, um, yourself, myself and Dave Finn were at a less than fascinating match on Sunday when the Eagles got fairly walloped by the Ealing Trailfinders. Yeah, very um, very unpleasant afternoon if, if, if uh, you, you, you're there as a Connacht uh, supporter. I know, I know we were there sort of doing a bit of media work, but it was a very, very tough afternoon for them. Um, Kieran Kane in his press conference today was uh, very direct. Uh, he didn't uh, duck the issue. Uh, he uses his uh, words very carefully and he chooses them that way. But I think they were, I think they're concerned about how it played out for the overall plan they have in place. Um, I was, um, I was appalled by that performance, actually. There's no other, no other way of describing it. Um, yeah, I, was I expected that. I expected the trail. Sorry, Alan. I expected the trail finders to win, but I didn't think they were worth a fifty-seven point win. Yeah, I was. I was very disappointed. The the attitude really, you know, was just wasn't there. But you know, you want your Connacht teams to to fight, no matter what age group, whatever whatever level. Connacht players fight for the jersey. They fight for who they are. You know, we're a small province in the west of the country, and and we need to be able to, you know, our guys to stand up and fight and be proud of who who where they're from, and who they're playing for, and that just wasn't on show on Sunday it was hugely disappointing but away from disappointment and let's talk about some a little celebration James Crombie our, our erstwhile 
photographer and friend of the podcast um his wife had a, a baby daughter today to, for his fourth child sarah jane so huge congratulations to james and the rest of his family good stuff james and um we'll give you um we'll give you friday night off there you are <laughs> what i hope he doesn't turn up at <laughs> no i think he's i think he's confined to base good 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 um so we're just coming up to the end of the podcast now. We'll just have a quick word about Donica Callan, who actually got on the field on, at the weekend, which looks like it might be his last appearance on Irish soil as a rugby player as he has announced his retirement. Yeah, he's uh, he's been fighting a bit of a losing cause this season with Worcester, but he, uh, he came on. He was um, reaching the end of his career, um, he talks about it today in a, a newspaper article. I think it's uh, something he's looking... F- I think he's sort of semi-looking forward to it, but he's also a little bit of concern about it. He's not quite sure what he's going to do. Mm. Uh, I think it's something that confronts all professional sports people when they retire because their their whole structure changes. Uh, he also discusses the concerns about injuries in modern rugby and the fact that players seem to be getting bigger and stronger and the collisions and the concussion injuries um it's a it's it's an article worth checking out um he's had many a battle with connacht over the years he's had many a battle with most teams over the years but uh, (laughs) he's got he's in a tough situation what worcester having a a tough ride but uh, i'm sure he'll he'll work hard until the end of his contract and um Judging by his uh, comments today, he might uh, he might well have some interesting things to say in the media once he's uh, retired. Yeah, yeah, he's he's writing some excellent excellent articles in the, um, the English Times at the weekends, and um, they're they're definitely well worth to read if you've got access to them. Um, yeah, just just to note, that's the first time he's been on the playing field whilst his team lost to Connacht. The only other time that he was on a monster team was the New Year's Day on two thousand and fifteen when he lost but he was actually on the bench and didn't come off the bench that day um, so and I think we had a we had a pretty good day that day if I remember rightly William <laughs> it was a very good night anyway yes I was uh, carousing with some uh, monster fans in a local hostelry in uh, Galway who were uh, quite generous I have to say in uh, uh, their enjoyment of Connacht's win uh, thankfully I had nothing to do the, the following day but uh, Lie, lie in my bed and uh, deal with my hangover. <laughs> and just one last thing before we go, um, you know, we we ask people to tweet us at Craggy Rugby Pod about the the new European jersey that Dave was so eloquently dismissive of, <laughs> um, and and a fair few people were not too pleased with it. All right, but um, a certain Mister Ronan Byrne from England, um, who's a friend of the podcast, states that. Uh, Sorry, lads, going to be controversial with you here. Youngest of you is a few years outside the demographic for jersey sales. By the way, I like it. Okay, fine, he likes it, but is he trying to say he's not in the same demographic as us? (laughs) Well, I have no idea, but he doesn't say he bought it either. No. (laughs) Yes, come on, Ronan, you'll have to get back to us on that one. Okay, William. Yeah, we want photographic evidence, Ronan. Let's see that. Let's see you modelling that shirt. Absolutely, absolutely. So the next thing, next thing you'll hear from us will be um, at the game on Friday. Rob is back. He'll be commentating with Joe. 
Um, myself and yourself will be doing our normal updates throughout the match and um, we'll have a podcast early next week so thanks a lot William absolutely folks get your tickets there's space behind both goals it's going to be a cracking night up there it sure is bye now (laughs) 